Hi, I'm Carla Wainwright. And I'm Little Leah. And welcome to the Radical Sex Witches podcast, where we explore the themes of sexuality, feminism, consciousness, love, healing, ritual, magic, and all things witchy and wonderful. Hello, all you sexy sirens, and welcome to another episode of the Radical Sex Witches. I'm Little Leah, and with me, as always, is my fantastic co-host of Golden Essence of... Ah! Carla Wainwright. That's a new one. Fuck. I didn't know what I was going to say there. (laughs) Ah, I like that golden essence of, (laughs) (laughs) well, (laughs) I could definitely go down the rabbit hole, but you know what? Today, we have a really special guest with us, filmmaker Selena Sonderman. Born and raised in Austria, she moved to London, UK to obtain an undergraduate undergraduate degree in filmmaking. And in 2016, she relocated to Germany, where she completed her master's degree in film directing at the Met Film School Berlin. Alongside a written dissertation about feminism and witchcraft, Dedication, a Stephen King dollar baby adaptation, was her thesis project. Selena's written and directed five films and produced four. Wow. Dedication is going to be returning as a legacy selection shown this month during the Stephen King Rules Dollar Baby Film Festival running August 19th through the 21st. So welcome to the show, Selena. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, we're so happy you're here. We are. We're so happy. Welcome. So we're going to kick things off. And uh, we would love to know how you knew you loved film and, you know, what kind of drove you to study film? Mm -hmm. I don't have a classical uh, cinephiles biography, I guess, because I I grew up reading more books than watching television or film, actually. For me uh, or in my family, it was more something special. We would do on weekends um, uh, to go to the cinema, I guess, once or twice a month. So I always liked film, but I never imagined a career because I was uh, growing up growing up in Austria it's quite a conservative country there's a lot of focus placed on more traditional ways of entertainment and so when people knew of my being creative they would always suggest me to go in either into journalism or a theater and so um, for a long time I just had this set idea that after graduating school I would go into theater but because I did that international baccalaureate at my school and people knew um, like Sorry, I might have to explain. There's a creativity action service program attached to this, and it's kind of similar to the extracurricular activities you have in American schools. So you're supposed to do something outside of class um, to expand your horizon. Um, and I was going to do theater but because my teachers knew that I had a background in that, that I'd been playing in a child's theater group since I was, I think, eight. They were saying, no, you're supposed to do something new, something to you know broaden your horizon. Um, so a group of friends and I decided to create a short film because it was still for us in the same lane. Um, I just got a video camera um, for Christmas and we decided to fool around a little bit. Um, but I felt so at home at this film set and a lot of things that I didn't necessarily understand about myself were kind of clarified in this mm. position as a director of me being, you know, because um, as a, as a as a, as an actress, which I attempted, um, I was always too too um, involved in whatever was happening. I, I didn't take direction as well as I would give it to other people. And as a, a if you're yeah, if you're acting alongside people, I said, "Well, oh, you should do this. You should do that." Like <laughs> you're not really. Um, that's not a good thing to do because um, fellow actors they're not necessarily happy about you jumping in with your own ideas like that. But stepping back and directing um, for this short film, it was just amazing. And 
from then on, I guess I knew I, I that was something I wanted to do, but because I hadn't grown up with this background, I knew I had to go to film school to learn how to do it. Awesome. That's a great introduction to being like, hey, this is made for me, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> Um, I love dedication. We're going to dive into it a little bit deeper as we move through the interview, but I want to know where did your love of witches come from and the importance of tying them into your thesis project? Mm -hmm. I don't know exactly where it came from because as a child, um, I was obsessed with charm, but even before that, I remember I had this kind of, it wasn't a mobile, but it was some kind of um, thing that hung from the ceiling and it was a witch on a broomstick. And for me, it was never something scary, but more like something I aspire to be. Um, so I kind of found it confusing when other people were saying, oh, no, that's a creepy thing or which is like a creature. Because for me, it was like, no, that's like my life goal was would be to be a witch. <laughs> and so um, then when it came down to the dissertation, I mean, I did the MA in directing, which meant that I had to write a dissertation alongside the practical film. And I, at that time, I knew I was going to do um, dedication by Stephen King. So I had to choose a way to tie it into a written um, into written form. And my approach, what set my approach apart from, I guess, other dollar babies was the fact that it focused, that it was very, fem there was a feminist take on it, but also about the image of the witch in itself. Because I think in the original story, the, the witch is meant to be a figure of horror. But in my story, she's a, she's a helpful, um, helpful guidance for my main character. So yeah, that's kind of then how I decided to tie it into my dissertation. Do you think that. that like um, media portrays witches more generally as being evil? In the past, definitely. But I guess, I mean, and that's, that's also what my dissertation kind of found out that uh, especially with second and third wave of feminism, there has been some changes. I mean, the first good witch we saw was, you know, Glinda. And there is still this dichotomy. It's a little bit like the Madonna horde because you have the evil witch and then you have the good witch. Um, but as we go on, we kind of have more nuanced portrayals of that. And there's actually one um, that really baffled me because it was so progressive. It's a bell book and candle um, because it shows, I mean, there's still this um, idea that the, like um, it's Kim Novak who plays a, a witch and she's this really independent woman. She has short hair. She dresses very bohemic and she's an anthropologist and she's very in control of life. And she, she kind of, develops this crush on uh, Jimmy Stewart and it's purely sexual for her. And this is something I hadn't seen. And this was at the times of the Hayes Code. You know, the woman expresses that she's purely into, like she's interested in this person, but from a purely sexual standpoint. But then obviously because it's a romantic rom-com of the 50s, I think, you know, she has to give up her powers in order to actually be with him. But just the up until the end, I found this portrayal so progressive. And that's something that I... Um, really enjoyed. And that's kind of the, the image of the witch that I, I like. Yeah, that's, yeah, I love that. I love that. And uh, it's so true that, that, um, you know, th things are changing and the perception of witches is changing and there's so many nuances. And um, I think people are becoming much more receptive to the idea that she can be many things. Yeah, wonderful. So let's dive a little bit into dedication. And we would love uh, for you to give our viewers a synopsis of dedication and why you chose this particular King title. So the original story um, is set in the 1960s and it's about a black maid who is in an abusive relationship and then she seeks help from a witch. Um, so she does seek out the original help, but then 
it kind of goes on in a different direction than my filmic take on it. But why I originally chose it was um, quite bluntly because at the time I was looking into it for the first time, it had not been adapted yet. And um, I'm a little bit of a rebel. I knew why with the sperm, that it could be a bit um, controversial, I guess, for Americans, for <laughs> not just for American audiences, but also for American audiences, um, that this, you know, like magical ritual um, that involved sperm could be a bit, um, yeah, uh, seen as icky, but could also be, I don't know, something, it intrigued me, um, just this, the type that also, the story itself, but also the fact that nobody had dared, you know, approach it before. And then um, I found out that uh, a Nigerian filmmaker had adapted her version, but she stuck very closely to her source material. So I still felt that I, if I, you know, reimagine it as a feminist tale, that I would still have merit in telling the story in my way. Yeah. Because it's an entirely different film. Yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. And like your world premiere was with uh, Barker Street Cinema's Stephen King Rules Dollar Baby Festival in April of last year. And that's how you and I met. Uh, I'm one of the show's hosts and producers. And you actually, like I said, you opened the show. So can you tell us a bit about the Dollar Baby process? Because like, I know what it is, but our listeners might not know. And what was it was like um, making that film for you? Mm hmm. Uh, so the Dollar Baby program is uh, Stephen King's uh, way to, I guess, give back to film students uh, that don't have big budgets, that can't, you know, um, actually buy rights um, to his work. Um, so you can kind of rent out the right for one dollar because you you don't like you don't have exclusive rights to it and you're not allowed to make money off of it, but you're allowed to basically go and play with his characters um, and and have fun with it. And um, so, yeah, it has some difficulties, like because you're not allowed to make money off of it. Uh, you're also not allowed to, um, for instance, uh, with if you raise money for it via um, crowdfunding, you're not allowed to promise the DVD as a reward mm -hmm. um, because that would technically be making money off of it. So it's a bit tricky to na navigate the contract and the stipulations. But it's it's just a great experience, um, especially because you're then part of this dollar baby community, which I didn't know at the time. But it's it's really around the globe because people have done it, and people are so curious um, to see other all other dollar babies, like the whole festival that you guys created, and it's it's just amazing. It's such a great experience, and I was so humbled to be the opening act last <laughs> year. It was just amazing. I think that we were humbled because we really didn't expect what we were getting ourselves into. We got a lot of press. Stephen King tweeted about us, which we nearly shit our pants like three <laughs> different times. And like in over those first three days, um, we had over 35 view, like 35,000 viewers from like 28 different countries and 29 films. So like we didn't even know what we were getting into. Like what was that response from people seeing your film? Like that was the first time it was shown anywhere because like a lot of these films get either very little audiences or no audiences at all mm -hmm. exactly so it obviously didn't help that we just had the pandemic because the film was finished and then all the film festivals were cancelled so um that was kind of our problem in in getting it shown but also i found the this also the sperm thing was still a bit controversial to some i guess that didn't know the story maybe also um, so it was for me terrifying to have the first audience be these dedicated King fans. And I thought they were going to rip it apart because I dared to digress from the original story. And I, I didn't know if I would have the time to explain that it's not a sign of disrespect for me, but rather the opposite that, you know, I felt like 
if I if I do this, then I want to be able to add something because otherwise I would just be spoiling original source material. And I that's kind of how I um why I dared um to to have my own approach to this. But I didn't know if if fellow kings fans would understand and if they would, you know, if there would be a shitstorm online. But quite the opposite, like so many people responded positively. I mean, to be fair, there were actually a lot of them that didn't know the story and they uh, had this very fresh reaction. It's like, oh my God, what's happening? Ew, sperm. (laughs) (laughs) That was also also really nice. Yeah, I like that. (laughs) Yeah, I can actually, I just, as you were recounting that, I could, I just sort of imagine you just having this anxiety of, you know, like how's this going to be received and and all of that. And then, you know, to have uh, the reception be so positive is yeah, really, yeah. really fantastic. So I'm curious how you found your lead actress, Raquel, I think it's, is it Villar? And why yeah. she was the perfect uh, Martha? Um, I did a, um agency-wide search first, I think, um, and then I expanded it, to, um, just have an open casting call um, for a person of color. I didn't specify the nationality because I mean, the original story is set in the US, but I didn't want to kind of create a fake New York. I felt that would would not work. Um, and so I was open to whatever nationality it would be and then how the story would tie into Berlin. And um, it was actually a little bit difficult because um, because I would have to, I mean, it was challenging, let's put it that way, because it would have been a positive challenge. But for me, it just worked that she had uh, just migrated to Berlin and that added a new layer that I could then encompass into the story that she would physically arrive to Berlin in a way to try to escape and then, you know, to have to find out, oh, I'm still pregnant. So it's kind of that she took this piece of her past with her. It kind of added a new layer and I felt that worked really well as opposing to just start in the middle of her life um, already in Berlin. Uh, But mainly I was just so impressed because I didn't have formal auditions. Rather, I sat down with the actresses um, at cafes and, and wanted to, you know, talk to them about the film, about the approach, because I, um, because I'm not a woman of color. For me, it was clear from the beginning that it would be a collaborative process of creating this character. And her questions were just so, so smart and so engaging. And I, I just immediately knew that this would be the fruitful collaboration that, that would be perfect to create this film and this character. So that's when I knew, okay, it had to be her. Oh yeah. It's, it's, it had to be her, of course. Like, like I said, it's shot beautifully and she is perfect in that. And we keep talking about the scene (laughs) and our listeners are probably like, what the fuck are you talking about? Not to spoil it. She licks some semen off of off sheets. We won't say why. And also like the poster in the poster, we will post it to our socials so you can see it. Um, What was the actress submerged in? What was the semen on set? (laughs) <laughs> we want to know everything. Um, we want to yeah. know because Carla texted me and she's like, I wouldn't be licking, I wouldn't be licking jizz to have my wishes come true. <laughs> it was not actual semen. So well, <laughs> we <Yeah>. figured. <laughs> <laughs> Who had to audition for that? <laughs> or to, to collect it on a bottle. Oh god. But no, um, the bath was actually, we tried some different plant-based milks and we found the coconut and soy would be uh, would look the best. But then for financial reasons, we decided on soy milk because we had to buy it in bulk, obviously. So it was uh, soy milk and water. But then for close-ups, we found a fake sperm that's actually used in porn. So I learned something that I didn't know that for a lot of uh, 
Yeah, also in porn, there is uh, artificial sperm used because a lot of the times, um, you know, it's focused on on comply, but it dries, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so for practical reasons and also some hygienic reasons, I guess, um, sometimes artificial semen is used. And so we were able to get some off Amazon. Yeah. You just buy, you can buy fake sperm fake off sperm. Of Amazon? <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Yeah. Wow. Is that a link in our show notes? <laughs> you know what I'm going to be doing right after this ball? He's going to be Googling that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. What does it taste like? That's what I want to know. Is it flavored? Is it like banana? No, unfortunately not. Um, our actress was like, like she always spit it out after her, right? Because she said it tasted quite like soap. It's, so it's a very artificial taste. Oh, <laughs> oh boy. I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, so aside from Stephen King rules, uh, have you shown dedication anywhere else? And if so, what's the response been? Yes, so we um, actually, after Stephen Rules, um, it had kind of a, a, a good um, response afterwards from festivals. Um, oh my God, I, I probably forget all of them now. But it was shown in Brazil, it was shown in Russia, I think. Um, I'm not sure about Russia. I just know a Russian art, a website posted an article, which was kind of confusing. But maybe it was shown in Russia. Sorry. Uh, it was shown in my hometown, which was uh, kind of strange, because uh, like I said, it's very conservative. So I didn't expect it to be picked up there. But that was amazing because they even um, paid for um, my cameraman to come to Linz and, and to stay at a hotel. So that was, I guess, the most uh, uh, splurging we got out of it. Uh, and uh, my personal favorite was the um, Final Girls Berlin, which is a horror film festival for women, like a women in horror festival uh, right here in Berlin. Awesome. And that, exactly. And that's just a, such a beautiful response because um, they then they, like everybody love Stephen King, but they are not necessarily aware of the story. So it's not as controversial as I said before that um, they they are, you know, receive it like they, they are not. So it was received pretty well and people were not judging me for changing the story too much. So I'm very happy about that. That's excellent. I, I love that you've been getting so much coverage with this film. It's wonderful. So I'm curious if there's anything that you can share that you're currently working on. Uh, yes, I'm still working on the same project. I think we had this question last year um, at the festival. I don't remember. But it's still the same project. I'm working on my first feature film. It takes a long time because it's like another controversial subject. So I'm not getting... So far, I haven't gotten any of the public funds. So it means I have to work on it in my spare time and have to have a day job in between. But it's about consensual cannibalism. Oh, my God. Wow. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God, Selena. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you're aware of this uh, case in Germany uh, in the early 2000s I think late 90s there was a guy who seeked like who put an online uh, ad out that he wants to be eaten and another guy responded I've always wanted to eat somebody and they found each other and for me it, it's a super bizarre story but there's also an element of a love story to me I mean in Germany we have this saying every a pot finds its lid so it's, you know, saying like, there's a, there's someone out there for everyone. And for me, this was it. It's like, hey, you know, you can have such a weird and unique wish that you want to be eaten, but there will be somebody out there who's, uh, you know, who wants to comply with this wish. 
So I yeah, for me, I that was remember, the last part. I think I do remember that, like when you said what it was about, like this now seeking someone to eat my body parts. Mm-hmm. Do you know, <laughs> obviously, you know what happened to them. This is going to be something else that I go Google yeah. once this interview is done. Cause yeah. like, I'm going to be looking forward to watching this. Yes. <laughs> you have a title for this film already? Yes. it's uh, Well, the working title is Anthropophily, which is kind of a word I made up because it's, you know, anthropophagy is the Latin word for, sorry, Greek word for cannibalism. But for me, because it's a love story, so I added Philly in it. So it's Anthropophily is the working title. Awesome. Um, we're going to put it all in the show notes, but for our listeners to find you online or learn more about you, what do you got out there? Uh, on Twitter, it's at Sonderman Films, and that's Sonderman with two N's. And on Instagram, it's Selina Sonderman. Awesome. Wonderful. So we like to finish all our interviews uh, with our guests with this question. So what does being a radical sex witch mean to you, Selena? It means, oh, this is such a good question. I mean, for me, it means being empowered, being in control of um, one's life, one's sexuality, one's um, anything. Like for me, it's just about um, not necessarily individuality because I do like the idea of witches in a coven and being there for each other, but just being being in control of that and not being forced into doing something for somebody else, um, especially with sexuality, a long time women's, you know, women have been viewed sexually as to be there for men's pleasure. And uh, for me, radical sex, which is the opposite of, of being allowed to take your own pleasure and, and putting that on the table as a priority. Um, so yeah, I really love your title and uh, yeah, I love your show. So I'm very happy to have been a guest on here. Thank, Thank you. you so much. It's so awesome when worlds collide and we can have you on like this. So thank you so, so much for being here today. If you, our listeners, want to see dedication, as mentioned before, it's going to be returning to the Stephen King Rules Dollar Baby Film Festival. You can watch it for free on the Barker Street Cinema YouTube page. Or if you happen to be in Davenport, Iowa, between August 19th and the 21st, I'm going to be on hand with my fellow producers, Norm Coyne and James Douglas, at the Alternating Currents Festival, where we'll be hosting it for free, live and in person. Uh, You can also follow Stephen King RL Z on Twitter for the full scheduled lineup and to find out when dedication is going to be playing and check out the other 35 films we're going to be showing. And you can also join our tweet along party by using hashtag Stephen King rules. So again, thank you so much, Selena. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you guys. Uh, Next week, we're going to be back talking about invoking the directions. As always, I'm little Leah. And I'm Carla. We are the radical sex bitches and we will see you next time. Hello, witchy listener, it's Carla here. If you're feeling disconnected from pleasure and unfulfilled in life, reach out to me and let's connect on a free call. I love helping women like you shift to owning your sexual power, reconnecting to your body, and finding your unique radical sex witch within. Go to CarlaWainwright.com or find my contact info in the show notes. Let's co-create a life for you that is truly turned on.